I know you're paying attention to global events as well as what's going on in our nation. War and increased conflict is bubbling up in more places. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. Call Oxford Gold Group right now, and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. 833-995-G-O-L-D. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? Well, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help you. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. So to save, visit HealthLock.com today. That's HealthLock.com today. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. It's easy and totally free. Use code BUCK in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX, savings for those who serve. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. This will permanent outlaw the mutilation of minors. It will outlaw the surgical procedures and experimental puberty blockers. It will give Florida courts temporary jurisdiction to intervene and halt procedures for out-of-state children. You have actually some states in this country that want to be a haven for these types of procedures and even welcome minors without their parents' consent into some of their jurisdiction. We're obviously doing the opposite here, and I think this provision is important. This is going to create a way to recover damages for injury or death resulting from mutilating surgeries or these experimental puberty blockers that are given to a minor. No gender mutilation surgery or uh, or hormone-blocking drugs given to minors in the state of Florida. That was yesterday in Tampa, Florida. Ron DeSantis signing the bill that, uh, or talking about the signing of this bill that permanently prohibits uh, those practices. So he has effectively finished the legislative session here. He's at the very end of it. Um, and got a whole range of things done. You know, in July, Clay, us Floridians, we able to have constitutional carry. Uh, that kicks in. So you now can carry constitution or you have carry rights as long as a uh, concealed carry rights, as long as you are not a prohibited possessor. Um, and yeah, there's, there's a lot that he got done. And this is what we expected to happen right before an official announcement. So here we are. No surprise, folks. Every line is lit. People have a lot of feelings about the reality of a real primary. The primary has not been something that anybody has been too focused in on because it's just been the Trump show. And maybe it will continue to be, but it could change very rapidly next week. Let's see. What do we want to go to first? You want to do, uh, here we go. We've got, um, Patty in Dubuque, Iowa. What's going on, Patty? Hi, guys. Great show. Love to hear from you every day. Thank you. Um, I have been going back and forth between Florida and Iowa. We lived in both places for 20 years. So I got to tell you, um, voted for Trump in 2016 and 2020. But anyone who doesn't like DeSantis needs their head examined. He is (laughs) awesome. And I would hate to lose him as our governor um, if the rest of the country could see him. They would love him, but I hate to see him trashed in this. And, you know, when you've got a wide open field and some decent candidates, uh, I, I just Trump is Trump. Trump will always be Trump. 
and I hate to see him trash a good guy like DeSantis. I really wish, honestly, that DeSantis would not jump in because if he gets destroyed by Trump, he he comes in tarnished in the next election. Okay, so let's um, pretend, Patty, you're in Iowa, which is going to be, I think, a battleground of all battlegrounds between DeSantis and Trump. If the primary were tomorrow, right? Let's pretend the primary was tomorrow. You know DeSantis well. You voted for Trump. Who would you vote for in the Iowa caucus? Who would you be lining up to support, Trump or DeSantis? Probably DeSantis, but that would be premised on uh, if he could show the rest of the country really who he is and not under Trump's shadow. Yeah. Um, you know, really, the ideal ticket would be the two of them. I I don't think that will happen, and I know both of them coming from Florida is a problem. Yeah, yeah well, it's not even that. There's there. I can tell you, Patty, there's no chance that Ron DeSantis would want to be Trump, Donald Trump's VP. Um, I can't get. You know, I I just can't imagine. I think there's there's unfortunately uh, no way those two. You know, sometimes. You know, you can't have two alpha dogs in the same ring and expect them to uh, be working together. It, it doesn't always work, uh, and I think that that would be the case with them. Thank you for calling in from Dubuque, Iowa. Uh, appreciate hearing from you. Kimmy in Suffolk, Virginia, has some thoughts on Glenn Youngkin. What's going on, Kimmy? Youngkin, a thousand percent over. I literally fangirled when I heard the ad. I didn't think he was going to run, but I will tell you, he's, I've never had a better candidate I've ever wanted to vote for, not against the other opponent than Youngkin. Um, I, I cried when he, when he won. No joke. I've met him before. He's a nice man. He's honest. He's real. He listens. He's clean in that he has no massive baggage. He doesn't run his mouth. He's a gentleman, but he gets the work done. He appeals to everybody. He appeals to soccer moms. He appeals to to independence, he can win it, and he can do it with class. He is our new Reagan, 1,000%. All right, Kimmy, I love this, uh, and I feel like Glenn Youngkin's m- wife might have just called in. Uh, although, <laughs> Let me be fair. Glenn, uh, I, I don't know that Glenn Youngkin's uh, wife would be that effusive in praise. My wife would certainly not praise me that well if she called into the show. But, Kimmy, do you think that Glenn Youngkin could win Virginia as a presidential candidate or – as a vice presidential candidate? That's the question that the Buck and I are talking about because that is the move that would totally change the calculus, right? Because Biden won Virginia by 10. If Glenn Youngkin could win Virginia, Republicans would win, either as the president or the vice president, Republicans would win in 2024. Do you think he's got that next level caliber of talent and would running on a national level hurt him in Virginia, for instance? How do you see that playing out? I don't. I think he would be a fantastic front runner as presidential candidate, not VP, because he's got the leadership qualities um, to be able to pull that off. And again, he doesn't have any baggage. He hasn't been running his mouth. Um, so he doesn't have any sound bites that are going to come back to haunt him like DeSantis would. And if DeSantis gets the nod or Trump gets the nod, then Glenn would not be a good VP because he wouldn't be able to shine like he does. So I think he absolutely would be able to pull Virginia because he appeals so much to, again, the soccer moms and the independents and the people that just want normalcy. He is a normal guy that knows how to get things done. So I think he could easily win Virginia. Um, but as a VP candidate, if that's where he is relegated, I, I don't think he would run uh, it would be a waste of this talent kimmy we really appreciate it we weren't even we didn't even really put out a call for young kid supporters and we got one and we appreciate that that's great and uh yeah you know it's ne- hey clay you know never never underestimate a guy that uh is six six worth a few hundred million dollars and that soccer moms think is handsome you know what i mean this guy he could uh he could surprise some kimmy, folks just- i mean kimmy i almost got the sense that we needed to like put a fan on her uh, uh over uh, over how hot and bothered she was oh, there but, talking about but, but but sir what she's saying look i'm not and we're just going to talk through all these different candidates and and all of their strengths and all of their weaknesses so look do i still think donald trump's going to be the nominee yes do I think that Glenn Youngkin is has a realistic chance of beating him? Probably not, but that's what a primary's for, right? We got to see, and I just think it's interesting to play it out because one thing that might come up in the primary is Trump has to show the Republican voters, the Republican base, that he would definitely win in Arizona and Georgia and would have a better ground game in Pennsylvania this time. Because you look at somebody like Youngkin, and I think I think he wins 
those McCain, Arizona voters, if you will, that stayed home in 2022 or even went Democrat and stayed home in 2020. Look, it it is so fast. I think Trump is going to lose Iowa because, and and this is a long range prediction. Six, yeah, seven but that's months. That's not. Out. But I don't even think that's. Do you think that's that big a deal? I think I, he might not even. He might, he lost Iowa to Ted Cruz. That'll be the narrative right away. I don't think he cares that much. Well, I think it would change because right now Trump's campaign is in some way premised on the inevitability of his victory. And if you lose Iowa, then it changes. Remember, it took forever to find out who actually won Iowa in 16. It was a weird, it was a little bit of a weird deal, but I, I think that they, I think that the narrative of Trump is, you know, we lost Iowa before. We might but, lose it again. Who cares? We're I, on the table and everything gonna, else. If he loses Iowa, I don't think Trump, I don't think, let me just put it this way. Trump is going to be wildly strong in lots of states, right? My home state of Tennessee, we're going to talk to Daniel Cameron, who just won Kentucky, which was endorsed uh, to a large degree by Trump, that Daniel Cameron campaign to be the the, the next uh, Republican governor. Um, I think that Iowa and New Hampshire are among the worst states that the Trump campaign yes. could have to start. Now, so now here's back. what I, I would say. You, the point you're making about Iowa, you add New Hampshire Correct. into the mix, and now you've got a momentum shift and a perception shift. Yes. Right? So I would, I, if you're talking those two... I think Trump if, is going to struggle to win both. So if DeSantis picks off, let's just say, those two, you've got real momentum shift, and then it's this all-hands-on-deck moment for Trump world, right? If he loses Iowa... Uh, that's obviously not good, but I think they figure we can we can run the map the way we did before. That yeah. would be my my sense of 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 how his team is viewing it because he's not he's not strong right now based on the numbers in Iowa. I know people answer. in Tennessee listening may think that's crazy. People in Texas may think yeah. that's crazy, but in Iowa, Trump's numbers aren't as good as he'd like them to be. Iowa and New Hampshire, I think, are both going to be struggle states for Trump, and I just think that the narrative changes quickly. Based on how that could go, like we we need some, we gotta get some super Trumper action here. All right, eight hundred two eight two two eight eight two. We're just taking the calls as they come in. But if you're angry and you think that today there was too much for one side or other, just yell at Clay. He'll relay it to me. He likes to get <laughs> the used, angry. Email. By the way, I'm used to getting yelled at all yeah. the time because of sports buck. I've told you. DeSantis Trump is going to be our version of Auburn versus Alabama, of Ohio State versus Michigan. Every single time you say one thing about one team, the other side is like, oh, my God, you hate our side. Look, no, I'm going to vote and work as hard for Trump or DeSantis or Glenn Youngkin or uh, or Nikki Haley or Vivek Ramaswamy or whoever wins the nomination for Republicans. I will be out on the trail. Yeah. Remember, I was speaking for Herschel Walker at this. At his I know close. you were. If they, if they you tried real hard for Herschel, didn't I work will, out, but we appreciate it. I will speak at the rallies. I will travel all over the country, wherever people want me to go to help to the extent that I can. But in the meantime, it's going to be nasty, and we just got to break down what yeah. we're seeing on a day to day basis. Yes, um, absolutely. Eight hundred two eight two two eight eight two. Light them up, team. Some of the best gifts in life: memories that come with those gifts. If you grew up before iPhones, chances are a lot of those memories are trapped on videotapes or tucked away in photo albums that you haven't opened in years. Wouldn't it be great to not only see them again, but also have the ability to share them or post them online? Legacy Box can help you do that. They've been digitally transferring old media into formats that can be preserved forever. More than a million and a half families have trusted Legacy Box with their memories, including my own family. There's nothing like being able to relive old family memories on those tapes and films when you get together with family. The stories just start pouring out one after another as you see yourself again from the 80s, the 90s, whenever. Legacy Box makes this all so simple. They ship you a specially made shipping box to fill with whatever you want digitally transferred. In about three weeks, you get brand new digital files back along with your old media. Right now, they've got a discount off their regular prices. Go to LegacyBox.com slash buck. Again, that discount is available at LegacyBox.com slash B-U-C-K. Heard it on the show? Hear more on the podcast. Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives. More content, more common sense. Find the guides on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. 
You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then, HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. The number one fantasy sports app in America is Prize Picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Five million members already active on Prize Picks. If you've not yet downloaded Prize Picks, do it today. Unlike other apps on Prize Picks, it's just you against the number. It's about the players and not the teams. You look for the sports you know best and that you follow the most. Then you make a single decision on each player projection, more or less, every time you play. You pick two to six players and make that one decision. You can win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four picks. More player action on prize picks now than ever. And it's the best way to get action on sports in more than 30 states now. Prize picks also gives you injury insurance so your picks stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Download the free prize picks app and open your account. Use my name, Clay, for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Download the Prize Picks app. Use promo code CLAY, that's C L A Y, to get set up and get a deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us on this fantastic Thursday across the country. Encourage you to go subscribe to the podcast you can search us out on virtually any social media app across the entire internet ecosystem we are there clay travis buck sexton go subscribe and join our army everywhere uh we've been talking about the big story out there which is ron DeSantis prepared to announce his presidential campaign next week right in advance of what would be the memorial day holiday uh memorial day weekend i would bet buck that he would probably announce on maybe monday or tuesday to avoid getting lost in the memorial day holiday shuffle but we will see that has set off a series of skirmishes between trump and desantis supporters and also Glenn Youngkin has cannonballed into the discussion, uh, potentially letting it be known that maybe he's going to enter this race after previously saying that he would not. To what extent is that a sign of Trump vulnerability? To what extent is that a sign that maybe DeSantis has not locked down the number two spot like many thought? There are a lot of debates that can surround that, and many of you have been weighing in. We'll continue to take your calls, 800-282-2882. But there are several other stories going on out there, Buck, as uh, as you break this down. Uh, we've got whistleblower hearings going on with the FBI as the fallout from the Durham report continues. We will be discussing that as well. Uh, and I thought this was interesting, Buck. The internal collapse 
of CNN. CNN is now passed by Newsmax uh, recently to actually become the fourth most watched news network out there. And I don't know if you saw this quote, but Christian Amanpour, who is, I would say, probably the foremost uh, version of what an elite journalist would look like, Buck, if you were like just kind of describing someone who would live in this sort of elite journalism universe, even with the accent, uh, even the name and everything else, they are going after Chris Licht, the head of CNN, still for the Donald Trump uh, town hall. And I wanted to play this uh, because wouldn't it be amazing if CNN ends up the fallout of the town hall is going to end up being more consequential for CNN executives than it was for Donald Trump. Here is cut 10. Listen to this. I understand that the town hall a week ago was for many an earthquake. Before I came here today, I met with CNN CEO Chris Licht at our New York headquarters, and he said the same thing, that it was an earthquake. My management believes they did the right thing, a service to the American people. I still respectfully disagree with allowing Donald Trump to appear in that particular format. We know Trump and his tendencies. Everyone does. He just seizes the stage and dominates. No matter how much flack the moderator tries to aim. For me, I would have dropped the mic at nasty person. Buck. Okay. This is funny. So... I think that uh, I'm in a weird position here because I've got to stand up for Chris Licht on this one. I really do. What is the alternative to all these CNN snowflakes? I guess we don't use that term anymore. I don't know why, but you know, for one. all these, the, all the pearl clutching, all the oh my gosh, we had Donald Trump on our on our station for a give me a break. What are they really going to do? And what you see is this is the hangover of what CNN did to its audience over the course of the Trump presidency, which is just create this anti-Trump silo of of lunacy. I mean, most of it based on the Russia collusion stuff, although there's a lot of other, there are many other things that they threw at Donald Trump as well. And now they have to start to, in order to be a, quote, news network that is going to cover a presidential election, Trump is no longer banned from Twitter. He is no longer banned from Facebook. He is the leading Republican contender And they can hate him as much as they want, but you can't consider yourself a news network if you refuse to allow, in a two-party system, the leading candidate to even appear on your on your channel. Now, I know they'd say, oh, but in this, what's the format supposed to be? He's supposed to go in there and have a bunch of live Biden voters shout at him? I know that's what the Democrats would want, but that's clearly lunacy and doesn't really serve any purpose. Joe Biden would never subject, no Democrat would subject themselves to that, right? You're not going to have somebody go on Fox from the Democrat side in a room full of right-wing you know, uh, Fox viewers and just get pummeled for an hour. So what What alternative, I just think it's kind of funny, you know, whether it's Anderson Cooper when he was like, I, I understand if you never watch us again, all this hand-wringing, how can they claim to be a news network, which they claim, I know it's not reality, but they claim, if you're not going to have Trump on, Clay? Like, what, what is the, where does this go? You know, it's such an interesting question, because to me it ties in, Buck, with the idea of platforming in general. And I believe you're going to hear more and more about this if Trump were to be the nominee. The CNNs of the world, the MSNBCs of the world, they're all going to take a step back, and they are going to say, we're not even going to cover Donald Trump and, to a large extent, his lies, because in platforming him, we are elevating his popularity. But my perspective on this would be, is there anyone out there who doesn't have an opinion on Donald Trump at this point? I mean, are, I, I mean that honestly. Is there a single potential voter who would be, yeah, you know, I just, I really can't make my mind up one way or the other about Trump. I would submit to you that that is almost non-existent. And if that is true, then to a large extent, what you're doing is just allowing people to know what Trump believes, which is Buck. One of the arguments that we've had that I think is so fascinating and I haven't really heard a great answer is, you know, this idea of taking Trump off of Twitter, to your point, he can now come back. I think it actually benefits Trump 
Because I don't think Trump needs more ways to reach his audience. And I think Twitter often played to the worst version of Trump, which was, I'm just going to fire off some inflammatory tweet. And I don't know that he gained substantially in terms of his support. And I think it allowed him to be sometimes the bull in the china shop. And instead of recognizing that he was right in the end result, a lot of times the things that he broke along the way got the attention, not the end result. Um, And so I'm not sure that it benefits him. But in general, and I made the same argument with our show, Buck, remember when they took down our interview with Donald Trump uh, from Bedminster on YouTube? And they took down our interview with Rand Paul because they didn't like what those guys said to us? Democracy requires that you be able to hear every opinion, ideally, from the people that you're considering voting for. Deciding that you don't believe a political candidate should be able to be heard is actually a monster threat and that to me is what cnn is angling towards with the way the response to this trump town hall is coming out Um, democracy and yes we're in a republic not to get confused for anybody out there who wants the distinction to be very clear but uh democracy requires free and open exchange of ideas and understanding the positions of opposing parties in order to function democrats the democrats of today require ignorance of the position of their opponents because if they had to actually engage with the ideas that republicans have a lot of their belief system would feel a whole lot more shaky so this is what what's happened is you have uh, democrats have under the in the trump era which i think we are still in um stretching back to 2015 until today democrats have been increasingly convinced that they don't even have to engage with the 50 percent of the country that would vote for Trump again and or still support, you know, is pleased with what he did as president and would vote for him again. They want what they got in 2020, which was booted off the Internet effectively, kicked off the social media channels, can't even air him on different, you know, different networks or can't put him on different shows. And, you know, they they want Trump untouchable again. And that's not going to happen. Now, that's why I think not to transition into this whole other discussion but when they realize that the deplatforming won't work, that's when the unfreedoming or incarceration discussion, I think, gets a whole lot more prominent with Democrats, as in they want to lock him up. If they can't shut him up, they want to lock him up, which you might have seen, Clay, stories percolating again about uh, Jack Smith and the the documents, and now they're saying National Archives is going to present documents that show Trump knew what he was doing with the documents was illegal. I'm just reporting what they are reporting. I I don't even know what's in this. Um, But maybe I thought all along that they're going to go for the insurrection charge against Trump in the uh, federal at the federal level. Maybe it really does turn into the documents. As I've said before, possession document cases. This can be an is or is not situation. Maybe they think that's their stronger hand or it could be a combination thereof. But with each passing day, I'm more sure. Look at the CNN audience. What do you think, Clay, the CNN audience, if polled, if it came to not even Trump's already being prosecuted in New York, we know if it came to actually locking up Donald Trump before he could become president again, what percent of the CNN audience do you think would say? Absolutely. Seventy five. Yep. I was going to say 80. Yeah. That's what we're dealing with. I think it's a monster percentage. And by the way, at least that much on the MSNBC audience as well. And I think that's why the ultimate question surrounding Trump and all the legalities. So far, the charges have strengthened Trump's hand in the Republican primary, while I think lessening his appeal in the national electorate. There was a study out, Buck, that said, hey, what is the cost? Because a lot of you out there uh, are, uh, are aware of this conversation. They said, what did the argument that 2020 was stolen due to the voting share that Republicans got in uh, the nation. And the argument is, I read a great kind of breakdown, that it was a two-and-a-half or three-point basically swing in terms of favor of Democrats, right? That arguing that the 2020 election was stolen cost you about two-and-a-half or three points, which in a close race is is seismic, right? It's the difference in Arizona, in Georgia, in all these states that that was basically the cost, as it were, the tax, maybe you could even put that, on the electorate is there's about 25 or 3% of the electorate that would otherwise vote Republican that is so troubled and it's 
frankly, infuriating to both you and me that this would be the case, but they get about a two and a half or three point win when they focus on January 6th, when they focus on 2020. So if they get a two and a half or three point win in the midterms, I would think it would be at least as much, Buck, in the general election in 2024 because you know the playbook that they're going to run. Now, maybe Trump could overcome it, but that is the deficit that you're playing with by being focused on 2020, even if, to be fair, you feel and I feel that the 2020 election was rigged, right? Now, uh, to what extent, I think, is a, is a debate worth having, but that is a win for Democrats, and I think they're counting on that as it pertains to all these potential election charges, that that will actually crush Trump's chances in the general election. And I think for a lot of people out there, maybe they'll start to change their uh, their they'll be willing to open up the discussion more about how 2020 was rigged when Democrats admit the 2016 was not rigged that Trump actually Which they're won. never going to do. You and know? by the way, not going to be held accountable for. That's the difference. Republicans continue to be held accountable for the arguments we make about 2020. Democrats got rewards yeah. for the lies they told about 2016. During Trump's time in office, I know we could go on this forever, and that's why we do a three-hour-a-day show. During Trump's time in office, um, a majority of Democrats believed that Russia had changed votes yes. in voting machines. That's now forgotten, but in 2017, 2018, Democrats really, by a majority, believed that. Just so everyone remembers, oh, they care so much about the sanctity of elections and the truth. Sure they do. Yeah. Sure they do. Um, we also care about safety on the roads. And when I come back, I've got to, I've got to tell Clay about something. Apparently, a high speed chase in New York City, straight out of a born identity movie, <laughs> and it involved two of Clay's absolute favorites in the whole world. So, we're going to bring this tale, this, this, uh, death defying tale, uh, to you. And, and also, uh, Clay, we've got to discuss the Adidas campaign putting men in women's bathing suits now. This is where we are, folks. Adidas, global company, they're not, they're not backing off it. We're going to have to talk about it. We'll get to that in just a few minutes here. I got to speak out there for a second to my fellow gun owners. You know you want to keep your skills sharp. You want to be getting better all the time, right? It's part of the fun. It's also important. You're going to really make sure that you are getting the fullest out of your Second Amendment rights. You want to be a responsible gun owner who knows how to handle his firearms. But you can't always get out to the range. That's the challenge. And also, ammunition's expensive. So here's a new training tool. allows you to do dry fire practice at home. The Mantis X system. The firearm training system, I've got it here at home, no ammo, all electronic, and it lets you improve your shooting accuracy. It's very straightforward. You just unpack it. It looks really cool. It's kind of space-age-looking technology. You attach it to your existing weapon, and you then download the app, and it will connect to the device, and then you do dry fire practice, and it gives you real-time data about how well you're doing. The, the important foundational shooting skills and techniques, Mantis X will give you real data-driven feedback on how you're doing and help you get better. 94% of shooters improve within 20 minutes of using Mantis X. It's used by U.S. military, including special forces, and it's affordable for you. The Mantis X is a must-have for every gun owner. Go to MantisX.com. That's M-A-N-T-I-S-X.com. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. On the front lines of truth. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. We're going to get to some of your calls, by the way, before we finish the second hour here. Scheduled to be joined by Daniel Cameron, uh, the Attorney General of Kentucky, who is now the nominee for the Republican Party to take on Governor Bashir, the Democrat governor in the state of Kentucky. Uh, we'll discuss that upcoming campaign with him. Uh, November, obviously not a ton of elections that are going on. The Kentucky governor's race will be one of those that stands out as a very significant arbiter on what we may be ex expecting going forward. But, Buck, I wanted to play some of this for you. Uh, obviously, you've got a CIA background, but the FBI in particular, I guess the CIA, too, over the 51 intelligence uh, agents who signed, but in particular, the FBI in the wake of the Durham report has been under siege. And Jim Jordan uh, wanted everybody out there who was testifying to know uh, that you will be targeted. Democrats are going to come after you if you decide to speak out and tell the truth. Let's listen to cut one. Our friend, Democrat congressman from Ohio, Jim Jordan, laying it out. Three of those brave whistleblowers and a lawyer who represents them 
will tell us their story. They will tell us what happened, what they saw, and then what happened to them because they were courageous enough to report it to Congress. And I just want to tell you guys, get ready. Get ready, because these guys are going to come after you. You know they are. Last hearing we had, we had two journalists, Democrats, two Democrat journalists sat right where you guys did, and these guys tried to get them to divulge their sources. Someone needs to tell them how the First Amendment works. And oh, while Mr. Taibbi, one of those award-winning journalists sitting right where you're sitting, was testifying, guess what else was happening? The IRS was knocking on his door. So get ready. You have never seen, Clay, bureaucracy move with the speed and ferocity it does um, as when there's someone from the inside who's trying to go to Congress and say something foul is happening where I work. True at the FBI, it is true at the CIA, uh, and and we have all these people uh, that that well, we tell people that they have whistleblower protections, but mm, not so much because what ends up happening is the agencies involved will sure you can go testify before Congress, but they'll remember, and six months later or eighteen months later or whatever, you know, then they decide they're going to go through your time and attendance reports. Then they decide. Hey, did you have any unauthorized contact with a, with a journalist at a cocktail party? Then they decide to polygraph you or look at whether they're going to pull your clearance. They act like internally the Stasi of East Germany when it comes to any threat to the federal bureaucrats purview. Um, and you have to also understand that the Democrat donations from these places show you what's happened. They are not entirely, but largely now. Uh, party organs. Um, and, and that's reflected in what we saw with Comey and McCabe and, and all these, all these guys, uh, who went after Trump. So I'm hopeful that this information will get out there about the whistleblowers and, and will at least get it on the record. But I think it goes to show you that anyone who thinks that these places can wash their own laundry doesn't know how they actually function and also how corrupted they've become internally, not just as a function of leadership, but as a function of culture. Uh, and I know this from people who have recently left CIA who talk to me about this. I know people still inside who tell me what's going on. And same thing with the FBI. I'm not as plugged in there, but similar stories. I know some FBI agents. So I, I, I think that people should know this, but it's a, it's a long-term problem we're trying to fix here. And you need someone, as I was saying, what was it yesterday? You need somebody who understands how these places function in order to clean them up because this we're, we can't even abolish the TSA. We're going to abolish the FBI. I mean, it's nice. It's a nice soundbite. I'm with it, but you know, fool me once, can't get fooled again. I remember when people were telling me they're going to abolish the IRS a few years ago. That didn't happen. Yeah, and also, I, I think we had a great call. If you remember from a 27 year FBI veteran down in Florida earlier this week, it's important to note that you can. And he said 90 percent of FBI agents are good dudes and gals just trying to catch bad guys. But at the top of the FBI, I don't think there's any doubt at all that the head of the FBI is rotten and has become a very political-based organization. And let's listen to this, by the way. Garrett O'Boyle, he says bad guys are running parts of the government. This is an FBI whistleblower. This is what he testified to. Listen to cut two. I've sworn to defend this country from enemies, both foreign and domestic, even if that means sacrificing my life. My oath, however, did not include sacrificing the hopes, dreams, and livelihood of my family. In weaponized fashion, the FBI allowed me to accept orders to a new position halfway across the country. They allowed us to sell my family's home. They ordered me to report to the new unit when our youngest daughter was two weeks old. Then, on my first day on the new assignment, they suspended me, rendering my family homeless. <clears throat> they refused to release our goods, including our clothes, for weeks. <clears throat> All I wanted to do was serve my country by stopping bad guys and protecting the innocent. To my chagrin, Bad guys have begun running parts of the government, making it difficult to continue to serve this nation and protect the innocent. This is where we are, Buck. And, and I mean, that's, you know, difficult to hear that testimony. But I, I hope that we, we've been talking and we'll take some of these calls to close out the hour. We've been talking, Buck, a great deal about the Republican primary. I hope that the Republican candidates who want to be the nominee in 2024 will discuss what they will do to fix our FBI, to fix, frankly, our military, the leadership of the military, the FBI, and the CIA, 
has got to change in order for the culture to truly be adjusted. It's about leadership, culture, mission, um, and honestly also having a really clear framework of what's acceptable and unacceptable behavior. And that, that goes to all those other issues as well. Um, I think it's worth everybody being reminded of the fact that this isn't even some of these whistleblowers. You just heard that guy. And I'm hearing this. I'm going, yep, that's what they do. You know what they do in the uh, in the NYPD, and I know we got a lot of current and former NYPD who listen to the show. If if they if you get on the wrong side of your superiors, they give you something called highway therapy. Highway therapy is when they figure out where you live and the precinct that is the absolute furthest from that, and assign you to that precinct. That means now instead of your commute maybe being twenty minutes or thirty minutes in the morning, I mean if you get sent out to Far Rockaway and you live in you know the North Bronx. Uh, you're, you're committing about an hour and a half to get to work every day, right? So there's, uh, there's a whole range of ways that they punish people on the whistleblowers that we're talking about here. Some of them, this wasn't about Trump. I, I want everyone to understand that this wasn't about Trump necessarily. Some, some of it was, but in some cases, these whistleblowers came forward because the Biden DOJ was targeting parents who were concerned at school board yeah. meetings. And treating them in memos as though they are a domestic terrorism threat. Oh, you showed up to school because, you know, little Bobby and little Sarah were being masked up in the first grade after having their school shut down for 18 months? Maybe you're a domestic terrorist. That's what Merrick Garland and his goons think of you. So I think everyone has to understand that this isn't even, this is way beyond just even the weaponization against Trump, which has also been a very real thing. Yeah, and we talked about this, too. When you send the message that domestic extremism and white supremacy are the biggest threats to our country, then you're going to get all of these people who want to elevate their job, they're going to go find those criminals. And the sad thing is, you can find just about every single one of you out there listening to us right now, if a dragnet was put on your life they could find something that you have done in your time maybe a tax return maybe it's something that was involved in some sort of business that you were associated with if you get the full car wash treatment from a federal agency and investigation fuck you know this they can find you having violated some law Almost every single one of us out there would not be completely clean if they put you through the car wash and tried to decide whether or not to throw the book at you. And that's the message that they're sending uh, to all these individuals out there. Take some of your calls when we get back. Uh, For as many times we go online, open an account, make a purchase, register for an event, whatever it is we're doing, there's zero in the way of safeguards oftentimes that your identity is securely stored away. Companies and institutions can take steps to ensure customer data is kept safe, but even then, every day, there's news of another data breach. The best assistance you can find comes from LifeLock by Norton. Hands down, their online identity theft protection second to none. For as often as your personal info gets exposed, protecting your identity with LifeLock is that much more valuable. LifeLock will detect and alert you to potential identity threats you may not spot on your own, like new accounts being opened in your name. If you become a victim of identity theft, a dedicated U.S.-based LifeLock restoration specialist will work to fix it. No one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but it's easy to help protect yourself with LifeLock. Join now and save 25% off your first year with promo code CLAY. Call 1-800-LIFELOCK or head to LifeLock.com. Use that promo code CLAY for 25% off. Having peace of mind, knowing they've got your back, is worth it. That's LifeLock.com, promo code CLAY. The Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives with cool content, surprise guests. Get it all on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation, and three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? 
It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. If you've got a military, first responder, emergency medical, or government service background, GovX.com is for you. You stepped up to serve our country and communities, and GovX delivers unbeatable deals that you've earned. GovX.com is the only site built exclusively to honor your service. Members save on epic brands and the gear they need for their on- and off-duty lives. You'll get incredible savings on tickets to live sports events, theme parks, and other entertainment. You can even save on travel, hotels, rental cars, cruises, and more. GovX donates a portion of every order to nonprofits that serve the military and first responder communities. Your orders make a meaningful impact. You can become a member in seconds. Signing up is fast and free. See if you qualify. Visit GovX.com. That's G-O-V-X.com. Use code CLAY in the shopping cart to get an extra $15 off your first order. GovX. That's GovX. Code CLAY. G-O-V-X-C-L-A-Y savings for those who serve third hour of clay and buck kicks off right now and we have with us the kentucky attorney general daniel cameron and he uh, just well he'll tell us a bit about it just won his uh primary battle mr attorney general thank you for calling in yeah thank you all for having me and uh obviously honored to be the republican nominee for governor here in kentucky and again it's a delight to to be on with you all and uh, to, to talk to your listeners. So can we start with this one, uh, sir, Mr. Attorney General? I, I know you're you're now officially going to be the guy squaring off against Bashir, the uh, governor, the Democrat governor of your home state. For non-Kentuckians, it's something of a, of a shock to hear that such a red state has a blue governor, uh, you know, a, a Democrat governor, who was particularly awful on COVID and and really went along with the Fauci machine. And I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other things you could tell us about, too. So it's not like he's some super moderate centrist, right? So what has to happen here for you to win? Because all the rest of us in the other states uh, are hoping Kentucky can finally get flipped red. Well, yeah, no, you're exactly right. Look, um, this governor shut down schools for nearly two years, and we've got learning loss because of it. Uh, he has a commissioner at the Department of Education here in Kentucky that uh, told teachers if they didn't buy into the gender ideology curriculum making its way into our schools that they should find another job. Uh, he shut down churches. He shut down small businesses. Uh, he's been inept when it's come to uh, cleaning up debris in eastern Kentucky where we had some pre- pretty significant flooding uh, so there are a whole host of things, including violent crime, that has skyrocketed over these last three years uh, since he's been in office. Workforce participation rate is low. We have 27,000 fewer jobs here in Kentucky since he was sworn in. Uh, so there are a lot of things that we are going to make sure that Kentuckians are reminded of daily in this general election campaign. And, of course, I was fortunate to win uh, the primary with nearly 48 percent of the vote, and that was with 12 people in the race. So we feel like we are already on the road to uniting the party 
behind this candidacy, and we are ready to turn Kentucky red, make sure that we have a conservative governor come the end of this year, because it's so critical. Again, the difference between Kentucky and Florida and uh, uh, South Dakota and a whole host of states was the fact that we had a Democrat governor who saw things more like Fauci and saw things more like Newsom in California uh, than he did the other conservative Southern governors uh, in, in this country. So I'm, again, hopeful uh, that uh, and confident that we will win in November and turn the state around. We got a monster audience all over the state of Kentucky, as you know, uh, uh, Mr. Attorney General, and hopefully soon Governor uh, Daniel Cameron. Where is the, and the, the race is clearly won statewide, right? We know that. You need people yes, coming sir. out to support you all over the place. But as you look at the math and you kind of break down, Bashir won a close race four years ago. I agree with you. He was a disaster on COVID. I live just down the uh, I-6 from you in, mm-hmm. in Nashville, mm-hmm. and the difference mm-hmm. between Tennessee and Kentucky was seismic based on having a Republican governor versus a Democrat governor. I saw the difference in the treatment of the two states. Where do right. you need to really win big to get back at Bashir? What does the math look like, and, and how do you put together that coalition to take back the state of Kentucky? Yeah, Clay, that's a great question. Look, um, what happened in 19 is that our, our former governor actually lost some counties that um, – uh, you know, as when I ran for attorney general in 19, I was on that statewide ticket and uh, I I won counties that our uh, former governor did not win. So uh, Governor Bevin lost Warren County. He lost Madison County. He lost Scott County, lost a couple of northern Kentucky counties uh, that the rest of the Republicans on the statewide ticket did not lose. And so we're going to focus on those. But honestly, this is an 120 county race. And what I mean by that. There are a lot of folks that in national races here in Kentucky vote for the Republican because they they don't they cannot stand the disastrous policies of the far left Democrats and the Biden administration. And we need to make sure that people understand that if you don't like those policies, you certainly don't like a governor. And you all focus on this. Don't like a governor who uh, vetoed legislation that would have protected women's sports yep. from biological males. You, you shouldn't like a governor who has a commissioner at the Kentucky Department of Education who, again, says gender ideology curriculum should come before our hardworking teachers that might have reservations about that curriculum. And you certainly shouldn't want a governor and certainly shouldn't like a governor who has sat idly by while the violent crime has risen exponentially in our largest cities. Again, this is a governor who oftentimes will claim things that he shouldn't take credit for. It's, it's some, sometimes like someone who uh, was born on third base but thinks they hit a triple. That is Andy Bashir. He takes credit for things that are, not his, uh, that are not his to take credit for, and he's been disastrous on so many policies uh, that, again, are inconsistent with the values of the men, women, children of our 120 counties. We're speaking to Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron, who is also the uh, Republican nominee for the governor's race. Um, but I want to speak to you in your attorney general capacity for a second here, if I can, Andy Cameron. Yeah. Uh, tell me about this lawsuit. Uh, 19 GOP attorneys general have signed it, uh, accusing J.P. Morgan of religious bias in the way that it's doing its banking business. Debanking of people for ideological reasons is something everyone on the right needs to be far more aware of and concerned about, in my opinion. I know businesses that have had their accounts effectively handed back to them and said, sorry, we're not going to do business with you anymore for engaging in totally, you know, whether it's firearms or totally legitimate business transactions. Um, what's this lawsuit about? What are you hoping to accomplish with it? And what do people need to know? Well, look, this is a, just as you said, I mean, we want to make sure that if you are a religiously affiliated organization or Christ centered uh, or faith focused or faith centered organization, that you have the exact same opportunity in the marketplace of ideas and the exact same opportunity uh, to be able to trade uh, within the market and do business with banks and be able to use their platforms to have folks invest in you. And what J.P. Morgan and others have done is essentially said that we, because of your 
belief set don't want to have anything to do with you. And that's just, that's not right. And so myself and other attorneys general uh, across uh, this, this country are pushing back, are fighting back against these companies that are trying essentially to uh, block or marginalize organizations and communities of faith. And as an attorney general and someone who is, is, is in a position to preserve the constitutional rights of our citizens uh, and to make sure that they have an opportunity to speak freely uh, and to have their voice heard, I can think of no bigger and better responsibility for us to, or issue to engage on. And so, again, you, you, we see this a lot across this country, unfortunately, that big business oftentimes tries to squelch the voice of folks that uh, might um, have a relationship with Christ or might have uh, a viewpoint that perhaps doesn't fit with the ideology of that business. That Those folks should not be uh, stymied or stopped from being able to articulate their views, and organizations or faith-centered organizations should not be able or should not be stopped from being engaged in the marketplace of ideas. You, I want to give a couple of things for background for people who may not know. Uh, you won almost 58% of the vote um, in your race in 2019. That was the race, actually, that Bashir won. So a lot of people voted for you who also voted for Bashir just based on that sheer math, right, uh, for you to have won comfortably while the Republican nominee lost. You also, uh, and you know, I'm a big college football guy. You played college <laughs> you football at Louisville. I know you got your undergrad and your JD there. Uh, yeah. what, what role is Louisville versus Kentucky going to play on the, uh, on the campaign trail? How do you think the Cardinals look and, uh, and, and what gives you, uh, I mean, I, for people who don't know, Kentucky is a sports mad country, uh, in a sports yeah. mad uh, state. I would think that that really connects well with people outside of clearly your legal background and your role as attorney general. Well, Clay, look, you know, for folks that know me, uh, they'll know that uh, play is a very generous term uh, for my time (laughs) at UofL. I I spent a lot of time on the bench rooting for other folks that were a lot more talented than I was. But it was a a good experience. And look, um, you know, obviously I I think UofL has a great opportunity. They brought Jeff Braun Braun back, who when I was at – at U of L, uh, he was the quarterback's coach, and Brian Brown was the quarterback, and so a lot of those folks are coming back to the program. So there's a lot of great energy there, and uh, and uh, we'll see how that all plays out in this season. But you know, look, I uh, as I go across Kentucky, folks have their allegiances, and uh, they they like U of L sports or they like UK sports. But what I want everybody to be unified on is beating Andy Bashir in the fall, because again, if we want strong leadership that is going to reflect the values of our state, but also push back against the craziness that is coming out of Washington Washington, and the Biden administration. We need a Republican. We need a conservative governor. Uh, and that is what I'm hoping to bring to the table. And I'm hoping at the end uh, of this effort in November, uh, Kentucky is going to be right alongside Tennessee and Alabama and Arkansas and Florida and Georgia in all of these uh, states that are led by strong conservative governors, I hope we're going to be able to say that about Kentucky as well. You may not have seen the field a lot, uh, soon to be governor of Kentucky, uh, <laughs> Daniel Cameron, but I'm teaching Buck about rivalries in sports in particular. For someone who yeah. has never been to Kentucky, who hasn't been in the bluegrass state, what is Louisville versus Kentucky like? Give Buck a preview of what that experience would be like if he were there for a game between the two. Oh, it, it's raucous. I mean, whether it's football or basketball, I mean, you know, this is, uh, you know, the, these, the days where those, when those games are played, uh, that is the focus and intention of, uh, attention of the entire state. And so, yeah, they're, they're big deals, man. And, uh, well, can like, I just say, I, I Mr. Attorney you. General, whoever has more listeners to this show, that is the fan base that I have to attach <laughs> myself to. So we have to figure that out first. <laughs> Understood, Buck. Understood, man. Well, look, I, I encourage you, man. Uh, hopefully when I'm governor, you know, you all will come in and, and want to, uh, Buck, you'll want to see for yourself what, you know, Clay and I are talking about because it's, it's a pretty amazing atmosphere. Yes, for sure. Sir, and I want to get him good to, to me. And congrats well. again. On, uh, on your win this week, sir. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate you all so much, and thank your listeners as well.
for sure. That is, I believe, the next governor of this great state of Kentucky, Daniel Cameron. Encourage everybody out there. There's not a lot of races that are going to be taking place this November. This is one where Democrats can get uh, blowback, finally, for their awful decisions on COVID. I know there's people listening to us all over the bluegrass. Like I said, my family uh, is from Muhlenberg County, Kentucky. So I know there are a lot of people out there in Kentucky who are fired up to support Daniel Cameron uh, come this November. Tunnel the Towers been supporting America's heroes and their families since September 11th, 2001. Like Franklin, Tennessee police officer Jeffrey Carson and his family. Now, I live in Franklin, Tennessee, so I know the great work uh, that Frank Siller and his team have done uh, for so many people in Franklin, Tennessee, police officers in the community. Officer Carson left his successful country music career behind in order to serve his community. He spent 14 years with the Franklin Police Department before he suffered a fatal heart attack in the line of duty in 2022. Within weeks, Tunnel to Towers met with Officer Carson's wife and son to let them know they would never have to worry about their mortgage again. That's what the foundation does. When a first responder dies in the line of duty and leaves behind a young family, Tunnel the Towers is there to take care of them. Foundation has helped hundreds of first responder families across America by removing the burden of a mortgage thanks to supporters like you. Join them on their mission. It only takes $11 a month. Donate to Tunnel the Towers by visiting T2T.org. That's T, the number two. T.org. Truth seeking, reality telling. The Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. 